Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. Today is our last conversation on who is this woman. Take a listen. She cannot be seduced and be strong at the same time. Take a listen. I hope it encourages you to go deeper with him and possibly to connect more with me. All right, here we are together again, and we're asking this question, who is this woman? So I've been presenting to you uh, the word out of Proverbs 31, and strongly encouraging you to uh, see the powerful things written about this woman in Proverbs 31, and to see it uh, as who the church is to Jesus. That this is, if you will, this is his wife, uh, this is the woman whom he has uh, chosen uh, to make himself one with his own body, uh, and she is presented as one that is very industrious, hardworking, because my friend's grace works. And any other form of grace that takes you into a passive, lazy place is not the true grace of God. Now, the introduction to grace, that I am what I am by the grace of God, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10, the introduction to grace is I finally realize there is nothing that I do to make myself acceptable, holy, righteous. That has been done for me and in me by Christ himself. He has made me who I am. That was accomplished by his ability, by the grace of God, by the ability of God himself, we were made who uh, we are in Christ. He's, he's the source. He's the fountain. He is everything. And this is why it crushes the pride of man and crucifies the pride of man when we finally bow and we realize I cannot work to earn anything. But my friends, once we have received the grace of God and we realize I am what I am by the grace of God, then Paul went on to say this grace that's in me is going to work harder in me than in anyone else. And he said, basically, now that I realize who I am because of him, I am going to let him live in me and through me. And see, Paul was a part of that bride. Paul was a part of the body of Christ, and he also had the privilege of being one of her major builders to build her up by the grace of God. And Paul was always and is in the scripture still bidding every one of us to come deeper into grace, come and be this powerful, virtuous, strong, dignified woman whose hands are filled who is so strong that she does not fear for her household. See, we cannot be in fear for our households. 
it says that she makes fine linen. This is what it says in Proverbs 31, verse 24. She makes fine linen garments and leads others to buy them. Uh, There is strength and dignity, verse 25, or her clothing and her position is strong and secure. And she rejoices over the future because she and her family are in readiness for it. Verse 26, she opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Verse 27, she looks well to how things go in her household, and the bread of idleness, the bread of gossip, discontent, and self-pity, she will not eat. See, this woman is strong, and her time is freed up to be about what it is that God has put within her and who she is to be to those around her. But first and foremost, it is the hub of her oneness with the husband, with Christ himself, that all of this other powerful stuff comes out of. And so the church that is emerging in this hour is going to be a church that is definitely not married in name only. She is a consummated bride. There is a functioning oneness. Therefore, her authority that she is to walk in will be certain and sure. And there is a confidence. God is baptizing us in confidence in him and in who he has made us to be. So today, instead of me attempting to do some expository teaching and to go line by line, I just wanted to read to you what it actually says of this woman, this bride, this wife, uh, this virtuous woman. You see, there's a fire that's coming to cleanse us of all of our filth, of all of our own goodness that we are trying to achieve so that we will step into his goodness, that we will step into uh, his virtue Now, we are virtuous because we share in the virtue of Christ. It's because we're his, and there is going to be a functioning authority that does not come from our programs and our well-manicured lawns and, uh, you know, just being, trying to be relevant to, you know, all of these things that we found ourselves oftentimes captured into the hub, the fire of abiding love, the purging fire of God that comes, that is so jealous for us, and that we allow him to do that. So so I want to share this scripture today, where Paul again speaks in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 4. Because he's speaking again, I want you to see, in this, in this context of being married to Jesus. He says, I wish you would bear with me while I indulge in a little so-called foolishness. Do bear with me, for I am zealous for you with a godly eagerness and a divine jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But now I am fearful lest that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your minds may be corrupted and seduced from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. 
For you seem readily to endure it if a man comes and preaches another Jesus than the one we preached. Or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you once received, or a different gospel from the one you then received and welcomed, you tolerate all of that well enough. You see, there weren't many things that Paul feared. Paul was a man of God-given bravery and courage. He shared in the courage of Jesus. But Paul says here, he says, you know, when I led you to Jesus. It was though I was a preacher performing a wedding ceremony and I betrothed you to Christ. You are his chaste virgin, his, his pure, his pure bride. He says, but here's what I am afraid of is that the same thing that happened up in the garden is about to happen up in the church. There is about to be a seduction. And I'm going to suggest to you, there has been a seduction, a slow seducing work to draw this bride away from the husband, just like sons are drawn away from the father by the Esau syndrome spoken of in Hebrews 12, where temporary appetites and deep bitternesses and unresolved conflicts are trying to draw sons to to a place that they would give up their eternal birthright of love for some kind of you know, something that the world can give them, and they would give up the eternal for the temporary satisfaction. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. A bowl of stew, my friends, drawing us away that we can't figure out what's the whole point of this eternal birthright. What is, what is all of this, you know, and we're casting aside that. And what Paul is saying here, the same way that Esau casted away his birthright and, and the sons, it likens us unto that. Now the sons, you know, that we are living in a profane way, a self-indulgent way, that we are indulging ourselves in private. It says here, Paul is then likening, again, speaking to the people of God. He says, I'm afraid that the same way that Eve was seduced away, that now you are being seduced away because you are tolerating a different Jesus. Now, this is wild. Listen to me carefully. There's a different Jesus up in the church, the Jesus of our own making. We say, well, my God would never, okay, no, 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 you don't determine, okay, you don't determine what God does. See, that's a God of your own making. He, he says, so there's a different Jesus being preached. There's a different gospel being preached. There is a different spirit that is being tolerated within the house of God. My friends, we have to see that This woman only functions and operates in her abiding oneness with her husband, Jesus. She doesn't function independently. She doesn't function based on, you know, positive thinking and, you know, just trying to be good leaders and all of these things that may be okay in their proper place. Obviously, leadership, but I don't want to get off on that, but... I want you to listen to me carefully. What Paul is saying is, be careful. There's a deep warning in this. 
the jealousy that he felt for the body of Christ, for the people of God. He's, he's saying here, he said, I'm concerned. He speaks of it in Galatians 3 when he says, who has put this spell on you? That you think that now that having begun by the Spirit, by Holy Spirit, you're now going to finish in your own goodness. You see, this is the, the seduction of the people of God. It's not to bad behavior. It's what you're being and who you're being seduced away from. You're being seduced away from the one and only Jesus Christ, the one who gets you to the Father, the one whose finished work is what enabled the Holy Spirit to be poured out in you. You're being seduced away, O wife of God. And so I want to close out this, uh, these sets of conversations that we've been having by saying, come to him. Come to him as who you really are. He's made you someone to himself. And we only function when we are living in that oneness with him. There, all the abiding, there, all the production, the fruit, everything comes out of that hub of oneness where there is a fire of jealousy and a fire that brings a purity to the house of God. He is pitching the marriage tent of his presence over his house, over his church. You can read about it in Isaiah 4, 1 through 6. It's called the pavilion, a canopy over all of the glory. It is a place where there is burning and sifting and judgment towards flesh, and yet it is a place of divine oneness. This is a tent, my friends, that is a spiritual reality. It is not one location. It is not one ministry. It is a spiritual reality. And any place right now, any person and any place, any church that is going to allow him to come the way that he wants to, she is going to emerge as this bride, this virtuous woman that is going to function in so much authority, but it's going to be because her oneness with him has become the all in all. So I pray again that today this has encouraged you. Take a deeper look. If it does nothing but make you hungry to go in and look at the scripture so that you can talk to him, respond to him, yield to him, then it's been successful. It was never meant to be a dignified, orderly treatise just on the letter of the word but to encourage you, to provoke you, to go deeper into the marriage tent with him, that there will be a consummation between Jesus and his church, Jesus and his bride, that the Father will have the sons that his heart has always desired. Holy Spirit will make it all happen as he's been poured out and is the one of the Godhead who is presently within you to bring you into the reality and fullness of all that you are to him. And then I pray we can move with each other and that we can be this woman who gives our husband a seat 
in the city gates that an active and operative authority will actually be released in cities, homes, states, nations, regions. So I'm releasing a call to the holy nation inside of every nation to arise and live as this woman. I'm so glad we've been together for this series of conversations. I hope it's encouraged you to go deeper with him. I love you all. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.